Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is For You by Nech. My name is Nechama and today I'm going to be talking about a subject that's very close to my heart um, and very much part of me, whether I like it or not. Um, and it's anxiety. Okay, so before I start, I want to just give some disclaimers. Um, I am by no means a psychologist. I am not a therapist, and I do recommend, if you're feeling any of the ways that I mention, to definitely talk to a therapist, to talk to a psychologist. Do not take what I'm saying as, you know, everything's right. I'm going to be definitely exploring my anxiety, um, my my history with anxiety, my anxiety story, but that does not mean that it will be the same for you. Anxiety manifests differently in every person, and it's seen in every person differently. It's felt differently. Um, of course, there are common similarities, but it's different for everyone. So I don't want to say that, you know, you should listen to me on everything and, you know, come to certain conclusions. Um, I always recommend, though, seeing a psychologist, seeing a therapist, speaking to someone if you're feeling this way. Um, I also want to start with a disclaimer that I don't appreciate when people say, oh my god, I have so much anxiety right now. And you couldn't like definitely not mean that in a mean way. So if you've said that in the past and you were not diagnosed with like an anxiety disorder, I don't want to really call it that, but if you've been diagnosed with anxiety, so I mean, you know what I'm saying, but I know that you probably don't mean that in a mean way, but you wouldn't be saying about something that's physical. You wouldn't say that you have that. So you wouldn't say, I'm feeling so diabetic right now because that's insensitive, right? So I think that the same amount of respect or strength has to be held to anxiety. Mental health, I think, can even be at some time, some points, even more difficult than physical health because physical health, obviously, like if you're feeling ill, you know, you have a cough, you have a stomach ache, something like that, that's something that can be treated like quickly, you know, not quickly, but relatively quickly. And there's like for sure medicine, but mental health, that's growth that you are responsible for, first of all, and you can't just go to a doctor and get it immediately fixed, even with medication. So I think that it needs to be said that there needs to be more sensitivity around the way we speak about being anxious and recognizing the difference between being anxious and anxiety. And I think I'll, I'll go through that like a little bit. And again, like I said, I, I'm not all-knowing. Um, I'm studying social work right now, which is very interesting. And actually, my anxiety story is what made me want to pursue social work and the field of mental health. Um, so I'm going to start with my story. Um, I guess it starts in seventh grade. And Again, what I want to emphasize is that I don't you don't have to have like a crazy life story to have anxiety. Okay? So some people might think, "Oh, she had a horrible childhood, so she has trauma from that." And that could definitely be true. It could be triggered by many things. It could be triggered by situations, but it could be irrational as well. So I remember just always being very shy as a child. Very much um dependent on my mom. Um, or my twin brother 
And the two of them were like safety blankets, you know. Um, my twin brother, um, if you know him, he's very outgoing, very well-spoken and always kind of took care of me. It wasn't like a older brother type of thing. It was more that I was just known as his sister. And I've mentioned this like in another podcast episode. So I was always very quiet, you know, like looking for my brother to, you know, guide me. Um, even as a young girl, um, whether it was on the playground or, you know, in classes, I just remember it being like that um, often. And I also remember always being very, very sensitive to the way people treated me. Um, and of course, like little children cry, um, but I think I would cry more based on words. So if someone even said the most remote thing, I would get hurt. I remember also until this day and also memory of her constant thoughts, um, um, repetitive thoughts about things in the past. I know that that is a symptom of anxiety. Um, and I don't mean, oh, like mentioning one time, I remember this time that that happened. I mean, I think about things that people have said to me years ago, years ago that have hurt me and that they probably forgot a few seconds after. Um, So holding a lot of weight on words and crying immediately based off that. um, I'm trying to give an example. Um, I'll try to give an example later on if I can think of one. Um, So yeah, always as a little girl, it was definitely like that. But then I think the hardest time was um, in middle school and I think definitely just in general everyone can agree that middle school high school is a hard time because you're developing physically um, and there's changes um, but also at that stage in my life I was switching schools I was meeting new people I was alone and I was in an environment that was not the healthiest for my anxiety um, but at the same time I'm grateful for those um, environments because it made me stronger and again it was not something super traumatic it was kind of just people being unkind people not being friendly and welcoming and I remember when I was switched to this school and I recognized that no one was gonna help me out like no I was there on my own and my brother was kind of like okay this is a new school it's not amazing I don't love it but he made friends a lot easier than me he was popular. The girls obviously were interested in him. And for me, I was kind of like, who is that chick? Oh, you're in this class um, type of girl. And that obviously was provoking to my anxiety. Um, And so I remember just dreading going to school. Um, It's like kind of, it's still, it's it's a heavy topic. Um, Dreading going to school to the point where not like saying to my mom, oh, I want to stay home. Like, the whole bus ride, my heart beating um, anxiously. I remember we had in the morning, we had morning prayers. So um, I was always late because we lived further away and they knew that. Um, and that meant me having to walk into a room of a bunch of people. And even just the thought of people looking at me scared me. Um, the thought of people looking at me scared me. The thought of people seeing my presence scared me. I wanted to be unseen. I wanted to literally be a ghost and I was scared of myself. I was scared of um, just everything Um, and I let the littlest things get to me and I was a very jealous person and I think jealousy is also a part of anxiety because it could be like, why am I not like this person? Why can't I perform like this person? Why does this person have this, this person have that? 
So definitely it was a hostile environment to say the least. Um, and in addition to that, I struggled a lot with not the academics, like all of it, but it was a more, it was a more serious school, which actually now I really appreciate, um, in terms of the math education, I, I really am to this day, like really horrible at math. And I was very bad at math and it happened to be that they had like rigorous math programs there. Um, and I was definitely one of the weaker students. So I had extra help, um, during that time was called like lunch like math lunch or something like that and during lunch I would literally have to go and it was it was embarrassing because people saw me there people saw me there and knew that I was you know in this extra help and at that time that that's something embarrassing now obviously I appreciate it because it gave me it pushed me to you know study more and it it supported me I mean it helped me with math and, and my education but Obviously, at the time, it was something that was very anxiety-provoking, and I just remember walking into that um, room where I'm going into and feeling like everyone's looking at me. Everyone knows that I'm the dumb math girl. <laughs> it it sounds it sounds funny now, but at the time, it was very real. Those feelings and um, also performing on exams, I would have panic attacks. I wouldn't be able to do it. I would just get zeros because of my test anxiety and I know a lot of people have exam anxiety specifically just the idea of being judged and being graded on knowledge that I'm supposed to retain um and then do in a matter of minutes was something so scary for me and I used to get horrible grades and everyone would know people would see my grades which was something I think is incredibly inappropriate um and so anxiety that I was just dumb I wasn't pretty enough I wasn't rich enough I wasn't this I wasn't that and so I would have blown, full-blown panic attacks in the bathroom. And when I say panic attacks, I mean, um, I mean sweating profusely, um, falling to the ground, crying, um, losing breath, losing my breath. And I remember just this one time, this my math teacher came um, in the bathroom by coincidence. I'm not sure if it was by coincidence or not, but... She was in the bathroom and she was like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I want to say also, I don't like the term, like the, the question, are you okay? Because clearly I'm not okay, lady. Like, <laughs> you see a girl having a panic attack, she's not okay. Um, yeah, so definitely that um, was not the best. Um, and also um, at home, I would just go home. I had no social life. I would go home and close myself in a room, in my room, and just cry and dread waking up the next day. And I don't want to say it's to the point of me not wanting to live the next day because I, I was always looking forward to the after. Like, I always knew that, okay, so this is my life now in middle school and high school. I'll make it through, like, these whatever years these are, and then afterwards, afterwards will be my revenge. And I think looking back at that, that was such... A sad reality that for so many years I lived that way and felt that way until I started going to therapy um, and the therapy that I went to I became very close with my psychologist and a big thing I want to say on this podcast is episode is that in America especially or also now in Israel I think that people look at whoever goes to a psychology as a, a psychologist as a literally crazy person um, when I look at it and also it just depends on your culture for example where my mom's from 
every person has a psychologist because I think it's a healthy therapeutic thing to let out your emotions um let out your emotions to a person that's not part of your family that's not part of your community that's not you know that is sub- not um biased on anything because they're not part of the equation so they can give you know also their professional so they can give a professional non-biased opinion um give you help and tips and also just to let out those feelings um to someone who you know will not reveal it to anyone was something so good for me and there were times where even I was just so emotionally exhausted that I didn't even want to go there um, and want to go to her and I was like I can't do this anymore it's not helping because you kind of expect it to be like I said earlier like a doctor where okay everything will go away but it wasn't going away not only because my environment was toxic but mainly because of me because I wasn't in the place to help um and so moving on forward to that um I saw her also in high school in high school I suffered a lot with anxiety um I think it was a different kind because I was older I guess a little more mature it was the anxiety of just not fitting in again and being unhappy with my reality so it was more of a depression um and I think what's interesting about my anxiety is that it could be in a few forms. So it could be anxiety in the form of anger, anxiety in the form of, you know, major sadness. A depressed episode, I want to call it, because I don't want to call it, you know, like I don't want to say that um, it was depression necessarily, but I was very sad. I was very much just not enjoying my existence. Um and in in the place that I was at not like in the world in general so I was always just looking for an escape and escape and escape and again um I had breakdowns a lot of crying a lot of screaming a lot of talking rudely to my parents um and acting out and also just um all day feeling a wave of discomfort um all day I I also want to say that I have this Part of my anxiety is I get, um, because of my anxiety, I'll say, um, I get nervous rashes, I call it, to people who don't understand, but it's hives um, all over my neck area and chest area. And people used to like, when I went into a classroom and I had that noticeably because like, unless you wear a turtleneck, there's no way to get rid of it. I, I have it like every day um, and to this day, I still get it. Um, they're like, do you have a hickey? And imagine feeling so anxious, so uncomfortable, um, and someone telling you that, and it's just very... <laughs> um, so I guess if I raise awareness about this, maybe the next time you see that on someone, you won't say anything, um, because they have no control over it. I also had a blushing problem. I was like, oh my god, you're so red right now, um, <laughs> which was also upsetting, because these are things you can't control, um... And, um, in addition to that, um, I also, um, I also was called to the psychologist in the school a couple of times because for whatever reason, um, I thought it could be useful and unfortunately she was not at all good. Um, and I'm not just saying that cause there could be therapists you don't, you don't connect with and therapists you connect with more. Um, but this was just clearly someone who was not 
good because she would, for example, call my name on the loudspeaker um, and say, well, this this person come to the psychologist's office. So all automatically the whole school knows that I'm seeing a psychologist, which today I'm speaking openly about and not embarrassed about. But, you know, in that American toxic culture that I was in, that was something that was not okay to do. And I know that she would share my information um, with other people. Um, and I felt like there was just no one to talk to there in the school. And that made me really realize how important it is to have a proper mental health staff, um, in a school, especially like in the age of high school, middle school, it's very difficult. Um, and I want to say that today, um, I'm still dealing with anxiety and, Instead of looking at though at it though as something that disables me because it does and sometimes I have days where you just because of anxiety you feel so deeply that you are exhausted you're tired like I'm so tired I'm so tired of feeling so overwhelmed I'm tired of feeling every emotional emotion so greatly it's it's physically exhausting so to have repetitive thoughts and to care about what everyone's thinking and saying and or how you are, you know, doing and about your health, you know, it's really something that's tiring and I want people to understand that. But also now I look at it more also as so yes, on the one hand, it could be something upsetting, but on the other hand, it's something I feel like it's a superpower kind of, um, if that makes sense. And I'll explain why. Um I feel like because it's a bless it's a blessing because it enables me to feel everything so deeply. So I know that there are a lot of people who need in order to feel feel something greatly they go maybe on a roller coaster. They they do like these extreme sports, but I never found myself needing these things because I truly feel every emotion so greatly so it's for the good and the bad times. So when I succeed, I feel it 1,000%. When I am sad, I feel it 1,000%. Um, when I make my parents proud, I feel it 1,000%. When I am in love, I feel it 1,000%. And I think that that is a great thing to be able to feel feelings because I don't want to be numb. And an important thing for me with anxiety and my dealing with my anxiety was like, at an older age, it was like, I don't want to get rid of it. It's part of who I am. And I think it makes me understand other people better. It makes me analyze situations to a greater extent. Um, and it's something that now empowers me to make the world a better place and help other people. And that's why I pursue, am pursuing um, a master's in social work because I realized that this is my purpose. My purpose is to help people mentally um, and make people feel heard and just make people feel accepted. And so I, I don't know, I'm proud of myself that I got to this point because like I said earlier, it really is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to take care of yourself and I don't blame the people with anxiety who are still you know in bed and can't face it because it's not something easy and only you know people who have it can understand and I just want to give one last um, 
example or explanation for people who don't have anxiety. Um, and this was a really important part for me to have in the podcast. So just to give an explanation of what it might feel like is, let's say you are looking at a color, okay? I'm sorry, not a color. I'm sorry. Let's say you are like looking at a bridge, okay? And you're on the bridge, okay? You're on the bridge. You see that you're on the bridge, but you feel like you're falling off of it, okay? That's what anxiety is. It is not rational, And that's why it's so hard to grasp because and so hard to take care of because you're feeling like you're falling off the bridge, right? You're feeling like that's it. That's the end. Like you can't do it. And so you have the nervous feeling and sensation of falling off the bridge when you're not. So it could be very confusing. It could be very frustrating because you want to exist and you want to feel like you're not falling off the bridge. You know, you want to feel like you're you know, on the bridge and you feel okay and you're like looking at the view and you want to enjoy yourself. You don't want to feel that way. No one wants to feel like they're falling off a bridge, but you don't have control of that feeling. So that's my kind of my explanation of what it's like. So that's how it's different, I think, than anxiety in general, because anxiety, like then being anxious in general, the feeling of being anxious, because being anxious could be about um, if you were actually falling off a bridge, then you're anxious. Or if you're gonna do something that you know is anxiety provoking like taking a test okay so you're anxious before right but you're not failing the test you know you don't feel like you're failing the test in the moment if that makes sense it's like that makes sense but this is irrational irrational and that's why it's very hard to cope with and deal with and again to the people who don't have anxiety who listen to this i truly want to thank you um And I want to give you a few tips of how you can help someone in your life who has anxiety because I have dealt with this before with people around me who are like, I really care about you and I want to help you when you're having a panic attack, but I don't know how. And I think that's so amazing and we need people like that, obviously. Um, And so if you want to help someone with anxiety, first of all, I would recommend to you to recommend to them that you're just there to listen you know you're just there to listen whether they um want to tell you everything or even one thing about their feelings or if they think and you can tell them that like even if it doesn't make sense i'm here to listen or even just to be in their presence a lot of people feel comfort in having them you know being around someone in a moment of panic for me um when i'm anxious i love reassurance um So you can reassure that person that you might think you're falling off this bridge, but you're not. I see you, okay? I see you. We're sitting together and you're fine. You're doing okay. And that's something that really has helped me, especially with my, I have plain anxiety, ironically, because I love to travel. Um, But I get very, very, very nervous on planes. And the person next to me says, hold on, like, don't be anxious. You're doing this. You're sitting. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. And just to reassure that person that you're there, that you're sitting there, that you're, you know, you hear them and that everything's going to be okay. That's, I think, the most you can do as a friend um, and as a person. And at the end of the day, it's up to the person themselves who has the anxiety to deal with it because no one can fix it but them. Um, But that is one way to support someone in your life who has anxiety. And I want to thank you if you did listen to this and you don't have anxiety or if you did 
do have anxiety and you listen to my story and and you took the time to listen to it, I really appreciate it. Um, and if you're listening to this and you know we're less close or we don't have a relationship, you can definitely feel free to write to me. Um, and yeah, um, thank you so much for listening.